Hey everybody, welcome to Rain City Supercars, episode 27. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And in this episode, we've got... Ashley from Haggerty. Yeah, somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Well, I mean, nothing more than we do, you know. Yeah, she tolerated us for a whole hour. She did really well. I mean, I was really proud of her. Um, we were glad to have her, and she gave us quite a uh, background on her and her family history and why she's, how she ended up at Haggerty. Yeah, she's a local. Anyway, you'll hear all about it in the upcoming episode, but... Uh, this week proved pretty interesting. It's been an interesting week. Everything from the opening of Exotics to uh, Dan and I had the privilege of being invited to Bellevue of Bentley, or Bentley of Bellevue, that too. Those guys. Those guys. Uh, the release of the 2019 Bentley Continental GT, which looks totally different. John Zubrick. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It is a gorgeous. We got in a slight text war this year, this week, or I did with one of our past guests. Actually, last week's guest, John Zubrick, who was trying to make some strong points, and I was making some strong points, and us being strong people, Dan just let us fight. Yeah, me being the supportive friend that I am, I said, "Yeah, you guys figured out." (laughs) Threw me under the bus. Yeah, that's what Nick said. Go for it. Uh huh. Right. right. (laughs) No, it is a it is a beautiful facelift. It is a complete redesign. It's not a facelift. The Completely different front end, completely different rear end. It's a different different car, and they finally upgraded the infotainment system to something that's not like completely ancient. It's Rolls Royce style almost. I mean, even though oh, they're separate beautiful. companies, I mean, it's the uh, if you look on our Instagram, like my Instagram, I, I, we got to put it up on Rain Cities too. Yeah, I'll um, put it up there. The transition between the, these three gauges and the screen, this 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 three way flip that it's got. Yeah, our friend Jason got some gorgeous photos of the car. Some of those are up there. Uh, Ashley actually joined us at that event. So did Amanda from Drivers Club. We had yeah. a really fun time doing that. Yeah, we had. Uh, it's nice when two ugly bastards like us can take some ladies out and show them a good time with a car we don't own. <laughs> we also uh, we had the opening of Exotics this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, Dan couldn't have joined us because he was off doing a wonderful drive with uh, LeMay, which was really awesome. Yeah, I think I was it went really well. Working right. with Kristen, one of our previous guests from LeMay, uh, who Haggerty happens to be a big sponsor of. And if you haven't checked out the museum, again, you guys don't know what you're missing. Uh, so we did a big drive for their club auto. You hear a little bit about it. Um, awesome event. I've got I've got the route listed on Dance Drives. So you guys should go check it out. Uh, trust me, it's a it's a great cruise for any sunny day. It's, there's very little traffic. I've got a ton of good stops on there. It was a great weekend. And speaking of LeMay, um, this weekend they have their histories, History of Bavaria. Is that what Heroes it is? Heroes of Bavaria. Heroes of Bavaria, which is a, a collection of BMW race cars to rival... No other, I would say. You heard it on our last episode. If you didn't, you should go check it out. John Zubrick built his perfect E30 M3, which is heavily inspired by DTM, which is Deutsche Tourenwagen Masters, a German racing series that BMW is very famous for, or at least famous for winning often, I should say. Other other uh, makes compete in that class. But uh, this event, which opens Saturday night, which we'll be at, is awesome. They have some of the best and most historic... Uh, Bavarian, uh, not just BMW racing cars, but mainly BMW racing cars because that's Bavarian Motorworks. Um, many of their cars, all of their famous winning cars. I got a little bit of a sneak preview. You guys have got to go check it out. It'll, they'll be on the display in the museum, but the event is Saturday night. Heroes of Bavaria, go to LeMay and check it out. You guys are going to love it. Yeah, if you, see, if you see us there, come up and say hi. I'm not going to lie. There was uh, growing up uh, for the longest time, even owning BMWs in my family, I always thought it was British Motorworks. Oh, I think everybody did. <laughs> like when you were a kid, it just kind of made sense. It made sense. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you're like, but it's German. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. And then somebody explained to me that the BMW symbol is actually a propeller spinning and because BMW used to make, you know, engines for planes during the war and things yeah. like that. But yeah, it was, a, it's, uh, it's going to be an awesome event. I can't wait to see it. And obviously being a BMW guy. So yeah. Um, 
what else we got coming up? So we you survived opening day. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Tell me, you had, let's see, we had St. Lena 7 showed up, I saw in the photos. We had two LaFerraris, uh, Roy Katz, uh, John's boss showed up with his Selena 7. We had, I mean, we turned away a bunch of cars because we ran out of space, but roughly, I mean, uh, without over-exaggerating, probably 600 to 650 cars. Yeah, the photos were nuts. Um, luckily, they got a bunch of new volunteers. I saw a bunch of new headcount pop in, thank really God. We really appreciated it, yeah. And uh, Adam from Avance was kind enough to provide donuts. Ah, oh, the donut man. Yeah. The donut man. Yeah, he uh, he stepped up and uh, opened up the back of his uh, huge family station wagon with Lord knows how much horsepower in that Cadillac and uh, fed most of the masses with donuts. Yeah, and I guess uh, he has volunteered to be the donut guy and do that for event days. Just he's, event, just event gonna, days. He's going to bring out donuts on event days, yeah, um, it, which will be great. Um, I, unfortunately, was so busy I didn't get one, and the minute I started to look at them, I hear this voice behind me going, go ahead and grab it. And I went, oh, it's like trainer Benji. He's like, go ahead and grab one. Yeah. It's job security for me. And I, I wasn't even, th- like, I was looking at the donuts and think, and, and I, my brain had started to think, oh, you know, a donut would be good. Yeah, that, that ended real quickly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, M Squared Fitness. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. No, it was a great day. Um, actually, we're going to be uh, open again this weekend. But we're going to be two, two weeks in a row after being off for seven months and then another, you know, yeah, it's finally, Four, yeah, it's finally not going to be raining. It's clearing up now. I'm looking out the window from Nick's place, and I'm actually driving the Audi tonight, and I might go just grab the vet and have some fun later. because uh, That's what you bought it for. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Another little shout-out to our friend Wingnut, which uh, you locals will know from 100.7 The Wolf. He's a DJ there. Uh, he said hi to me on the radio today, and I was a little flattered. And uh, <laughs> he's a good guy. We actually know each other from the GTR club. So we're clear. He said Dan from Rain City Supercars. So there's there's a little bit of a shout out to me, even though he probably doesn't know who I am. But it's okay. <laughs> he knows who Dan is, and that's important. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Wingnut. Uh, good guy. Great. Uh, well, terrifying driver, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth self set you free. No, he's a great driver and rider. He's got two ducks, too. Oh, that's right. That would yeah. be Ducati's. He doesn't ride actual ducks. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you can ride ducks? <laughs> How many oh, ducks? <laughs> technically, Seattle, you can ride the ducks. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't say too much more about that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Moving, on from, don't moving on from that topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're going to come back after this break. We're going to have our wonderful guest, Ashley from Haggerty. I'm going to take one more break because I'm not like Nick and I love my mom. So happy, uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, right under the bus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love your mom too, Dan. I mean, no, I mean, I love my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars, get your first session free. And welcome back. Ashley, welcome to Rain City Supercars. We really appreciate you being here and taking time to uh, hang out with us dorks. I do feel a little special. I, can't, I do. I do I We're do. not even paying her for this. Oh, she'll pay for this. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a downside to doing our podcasts. We brought wine. <laughs> we did. A lot welcome. of Welcome. Thank you. Well, Thank you, guys. Yeah. I'm very um, excited. As many of you probably know Ashley, and some of you may not, and th- that's the whole part of this, uh, Ashley is the, it, uh, make sure I get your title right with Haggerty. So you say it, because I'll, I'll get it wrong. Sure. I am the market sales manager for the Pacific Northwest, Arizona, and Colorado. Which is why everybody keeps running into Ashley, and everybody knows Ashley, because she's <laughs> everywhere all the time. You know, I remember the first time she told me that, and I would have screwed that up. And it's I, a I, long title. And so. I was looking at that going, Washington, Arizona, and Colorado. 
Those states are real close to each other. Well, some of them are. But there's a few states in between there. Pacific that... Northwest, you said. Montana, Idaho. Oh, okay. Oregon. Oh, you do c- cover the Pacific not, Northwest. Do you do not do Montana? Pacific Northwest. So okay. technically, Washington, Oregon, a little bit of Idaho, and then Arizona, Colorado. Oh, okay. Arizona and Colorado most recently, which kind of works out great because there are a lot of snowbirds, as we know, that go back and forth between Washington, Oregon, and Arizona. There's so. also a lot of the old people that, that travel that... Oh, snowbirds. Sorry. I, was, I thought we were talking about birds. That's, stop looking at me like that. I like to look at Nick judgingly between judgingly. what you can't see you is can me looking at You can feel it through the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ashley's sitting there thinking, what are we going to talk about? Well, we, we don't know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> but no, you've been, you've been with Haggerty now for how long? Gosh, it's been a little over eight years. So wow. it was eight years in February. I know. Time flies. And well, she's only like mid-20s, so. Absolutely. I mean, mid. I, I, we, 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 absolutely. Tomorrow's yeah. actually, yeah. well, I mean, this week is her birthday, I should say. And uh, she's turning all of uh, 22. And uh, we're really <laughs> proud of her. So she's been at this since it's, she was it's a gray uh, area. 14. Uh, <laughs> Haggerty <laughs> recruited her early for her love of cars and classic knowledge. Uh, many people don't know that, you know. Stop that would be really creepy like, if they were to that young. <laughs> well, I'm thrilled to be spending my birthday eve with you guys. Hence the wine. Hence the wine. Well, <laughs> most people have to drink. It's a good draw. Ah. So how did you get started with Haggerty? I mean, a, for those of you who don't know, it's okay. Let's do a very brief overview of Haggerty. Like I said, this is about her, not about Haggerty. But uh, we know a ton of people insured with Haggerty. You are a, me. Yeah, Nick is in charge of Triumph insured with them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're a huge brand presence in the uh, classic and exotic market around here. So how did you get into the very specialized side of insurance? Because it's not the boring side. It's certainly the fun side of insurance. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I say that often to people that I meet in, in the field. So I've been in the insurance industry for probably 13 years total. So before Haggerty, I worked for a large national insurance company doing right out of various jobs. <laughs> yeah. Right exactly. out of middle school. Absolutely, exactly. yeah. So, you know, after being with that company for about four and a half years, my position transitioned and went through some change and just wasn't enjoying what I was doing anymore. So I started looking around and I was actually looking to get out of the insurance industry, uh, but stumbled upon the position with Haggerty. They were hiring for a couple of reps in Washington for the first time. And I just decided to apply and go for it. And it worked out. And it's been the best career decision that I've made thus far. From a marketing standpoint, I mean, so many people know you in so many different car communities in the Pacific Northwest. And that's one thing we kind of reiterate here on Rain City Supercars is the vast groups of people in, in the Northwest. I mean, and I, I have seen you everywhere from, you know, down in Arizona or Scottsdale for, you know, to at, at Chateau St. Michel for the staycation with, with the uh, exotic Redmond Town Center. We see it at RTC. We, I've seen you. We, we've met up down at LeMay. <laughs> You are everywhere. I am everywhere. Your marketing plan is marketing. <laughs> yeah, Good. Working very well. Thanks. Uh, so for those of you who have been listening to this for a while or you want to hear uh, a little more about Ashley beyond this, we actually mentioned Ashley in episode 13, which is the wankers in Scottsdale. That's right. I <laughs> forgot you were at that dinner. Yeah. 
And we, oh. and Gee, we why talk- did you forget, Nick? <laughs> yeah, geez, Nick. Because we were drinking most of the wine from the wanker's case. Well, that sounds a lot different if you weren't there. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was such a fun night. And I'm glad this came up because I was thinking about the both of you recently and how... Funny how the word wanker makes her think about <laughs> us. Isn't it? <laughs> No, but the fact that I've the yeah. fact that I've known of you and known both of you for several years now, at least at least a couple years, mm-hmm. but I feel like we became close in Scottsdale when we hung out at the Haggerty cocktail party at the Penske Museum, and then decided to go to dinner afterwards with a coworker of mine. Another and typical event that Dan and I don't understand how we got an invite to like we'd like you to come. You're talking to us, like was Chris- you know who we are. That was Kristen. I don't, know. Don't question it. I, don't I'm question just, it. I'm not yeah. question. I'm I'm very grateful for it. <laughs> yeah. We actually just left an event where we were all three of us were four of us were at where uh, the release of the new Bentley Continental GT thanks to Bellevue uh, Bentley. Yeah. So that's funny. I'm just saying. Continue. Which was such Sorry. a fun event. Yeah. You guys are always invited to the Haggerty Scottsdale cocktail party. By the way. Oh, but we're going to anyway, take you up on that. It's recorded. Yes. She can't take it back. You're officially on the guest <laughs> I'm gonna list. I'm going to play it back like in my phone when we get there and be like, see, we're supposed to be here. Did you get to witness the uh, Chip Foose introduction with Dan? Did you see that? No, I missed that. We were walking up the stairs and I just casually looked at Dan and I said, I think that's Chip Foose. That Dan was at has, the Penske yeah, Museum? Yeah. He was walking down. We were walking up. Dan just flipped around and took, and, and the funny is, the photo that, of Dan and Chip Foose together, it looks like Chip could be his father. Like, they're so that, close to each other. I am a huge fan ever since I was younger, and that was one of the highlights of my automotive life, literally. And he was okay. such a nice guy. So, like, to say I was grateful to be at that party is a huge understatement. That was, a, like, one of those things I will tell my kids about. He is Aww. one of the best designers in the world. And such a nice guy. It was literally like this huge highlight of my life. So I was so happy that night. I'm so glad. We have to thank you a lot for that party because not only did we run into Matt Farah, who actually knows who we are. Yeah, really nice guy. We met one of our best friends in the car industry, Amanda from Drivers Club. Mm -hmm. I mean, who randomly, Dan knows her sister. We've talked about this, but it was just one of these things. Sister-in-law. Yeah. Huh? Sister-in-law? Stepsister. Amanda's hiding in the Amanda's background. Amanda's here. Just yeah, yeah, she made us say that. Uh, she's holding up an iPad that says, mention me. I, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I have to brag. I have an audience tonight. I'm very yeah, excited. Exactly. <laughs> yes. People are starting to figure out that we record on, on a certain night, and they just start to show up at my apartment because they know there's wine or whiskey, and they can listen to the podcast. Guarantee you DJ is going to be at the door later. So Actually, with I'm surprised DJ's not down here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to Chip Foose, I met him several years ago when I worked the Portland Roadster show. He was kind of the highlighted guest that year, a few years back, and uh, so met him for the first time. Got my photo with him while he was there, and so re meeting him this past year in Scottsdale was kind of fun because we kind of reminisced on our brief encounter at the Portland Roadster show. Yeah, he's just such a nice guy. Like, he's just easy to talk to. The guy you see on TV is the guy you get, which is always a plus when I meet people like that. Like, there's no bad stories about Chip Foose because he's a good guy. He is. He really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the things, when Dan and I have talked about this too, about the Pacific Northwest and the car culture, 
a lot of us know everybody around here by their cars, but we don't necessarily know their names. Right. We know who Ashley is, mostly because she shows up in a different car, so we can't identify her by that way, but we always So know. I think that's where we could help each other out. Absolutely. Because I know the name of the people in the cars, and you guys know the cars, so we can like jump to Most each other. Most people avoid tell us, telling, them, telling us their names, but I mean, that's, that's a legal <laughs> issue, so. I mean, you know, so it's just the way it works. We can work something out. Okay, yeah. Let me uh, spin this a little different way, though. Uh, it's no secret you are extremely well-known in the car community here. If anybody is anybody in the car industry, I mean, I know you're humbly batting your head at me going, yeah, yeah, whatever, but it's true. Everybody knows who you are. Um, I'm going to be blunt. The reason that is is there are very, very few women in the automotive industry. I mean, you're very good at your job. I don't want to diminish that at all. You're Everybody who knows you likes you, period. I've never heard a bad thing about you in my life, and I'm not kidding. Well, thank That's, you. That said... Uh, I do want to touch base on what it's like to be uh, a woman in the automotive industry because there just aren't a lot of you. There's, I mean, I can literally name all of them on one hand in this area. I mean, I, I, worldwide, yeah, there's a lot of them in the, in the industry, but there's you, there's Kristen, uh, Amanda, who's coming up with Drivers Club, really, and okay, that's about where it ends. I'm not kidding. I mean, there are, there are saleswomen in the industry in the, that I people sure. know, but as far as people who go to the shows and are a presence in the automotive world. There's really just a handful of you. It's true. I can't even think of many like female drivers, like like in the exotic car. I can think of one. Yeah, Sabine. Yeah. That, no, no, I'm talking about in the Pacific Northwest. Well, Pacific like, Northwest, yeah. But, that, I mean, there are the ladies that drive the cars, but one, like the serious car owners and drivers, there's one that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I know so. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so you can say the say the good and the bad. I mean, I, I do actually want to hear the real story of how it is for you because I know I know what guys are like, especially guys in the car world. And I've kind of <laughs> got to shake my head a few times when I'm out and I hear somebody say something about a girl can buy who's in, who drives a car. That's the worst because all the comments come out and I'm just shaking my head going, dude, really? It's not 1950. It wasn't okay then. It's even worse now. And I think you kind of hit it on the head, you know, it's, it's not 1950 and I think times have changed and you do see more and more women coming out, you know, with their spouse or getting cars on their own and coming out to shows. So, you know, over the eight years that I've been in this industry, I have seen more and more women come out of the woodwork, so to speak, and get involved in the hobby, which has been phenomenal and thank fun God. to see. Yes. And thank God. Right. So. You know, for me, first coming into my job at Haggerty, it certainly was and still is to today very male dominant. Um, so I think maybe that has worked in my favor to an extent because I've been able to make a lot of great contacts and people want to know the local Haggerty rep and get to know Ashley at Haggerty. And, you know, I don't know. It's uh, thankfully I've not really encountered any negativity with being in this industry. There's been a couple times where I've worked booths at car shows and, you know, I've had older gentlemen approach me and say, hey, I actually have some questions on insurance. Are you actually able to answer those questions? Or, when does your boss come back, little lady? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Or is there someone else working with you today that I can talk to? So... You know, slightly, of course, insulting, but, uh, you know, I've, I'm always very honest and upbeat and no, I can answer your questions. Yes. Without, <laughs> without giving making a hand gesture, without giving something. any finger yeah, gestures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think, but I this think, could be a, you know, a future client of Haggerty. So of course I need to be respectful, but I'd certainly let them know right up front 
I am very knowledgeable on our insurance. Happy to answer any questions about our policy and programs. I have, I, you know, and on the other side, I've worked in the insurance industry. I, you know, you and I've talked about that. I work on the other side of the life, disability, and things like that. But yeah, and I have found that the the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry is very alike, where they hire like beautiful women who are dumb as posts. I'm sorry, they're there for their looks, and they know it. Ashley's knowledge base is beyond what I, I mean, it's beyond mine. Like I've come to her for questions like, does this work? How could I do this? And we were, we were talking, in fact, there's, as there's a topic that you and I need to talk about off mic that we talked about for some insurance stuff that I still am mulling around in my head that she came up with an idea that just blew me away. I'm like, I didn't even think I could do that. So it's out of thinking out of the box is, is something that I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I used to work in the motorcycle industry a long time ago. And dealing with that, going to the shows, the women in the industry, there was only maybe one or two who really stuck around. And man, did they have a thick skin. I got to give them credit because if you think the automotive industry is tough, you haven't seen chauvinist until you've seen the motorcycle industry, especially in the Harley and the dirt bike side of it where, you know, vaping is, it's, it's like, it's a lot like the stance industry. Let's put it that way <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> so a lot of eye rolling. But uh, the ones that do survive and do make it do really well because they have to know their stuff. And when... Uh, they can kind of put the guys in their place when the guys will kind of try and talk over them. And they're like, no, actually you're wrong. And here's why they all of a sudden everybody just kind of just sits there and kind of humbles down in their chair. Like, Oh, I'll listen now. Cause now I look really bad. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of, unless I ask questions about their car and tell me about this, tell me about that. A lot of men don't just give that information up front to me. So it's it's a great way for me to build rapport with people by asking them questions about their car. And I think naturally talking about insurance and insuring their collector car has led into, you know, tell me more about your car. And, you know, one of the more important things to me is hearing the backstory and the history of how they acquired their car, how they own their car, some fun stories about their vehicle. So that's fun to hear. And then hearing what makes their car unique, you know, if there's some customizations or modifications to the car, tell me about that. So, and that also helps me learn about the car along the way. Well, no wonder you have such a good relationship with LeMay. <laughs> That's their bread and butter. Yes. Yeah. Love so. LeMay. And I've, you know, Haggerty's been on the ground floor with LeMay from the beginning since they, yeah. before they really even broke ground in Washington. So... Definitely, that's been a long-term relationship between Haggerty and LeMay locally, and uh, definitely love working with all the people at the LeMay Museum. It's been I, fun. I love how large our community is, yet how small. Like, yeah. Fact, yeah. You know, Amanda and Chrissy and, and <laughs> Ashley, we know all of them, but they, and they all know each other, and it's, it's, it's funny. You go places like, I'd like to introduce you to this person. Oh, I've actually known her for years. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's a small world in a very good way. So how did you get into cars like, for yourself? Good question. So I grew up with a 56 T-Bird in the household. So grew up going to T-Bird club functions. When I was little, you know, when I was, when I started driving in high school, I got to take the car into, my dad let me drive the car into my high school senior, uh, I guess it was senior prom. It was homecoming, not prom, the homecoming parade. So drove that, drove the royalty in the car to the football game. That was fun. 
Got to take it out a couple of times. Got to take it on a couple dates, which I guarantee you, my dad followed me like five minutes after I left the driveway to the restaurant to make sure we had actually gone there. And And we did, by the way. You were the car. Oh, well, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think both, but. Don't you dare get in the backseat. I'm not going to make out with him. No, just don't get in the backseat. I don't want scuff marks. (laughs) Well, thankfully, there's no backseat in a 56 T. I apologize. (laughs) Meant to compete with the Corvette originally. So we didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, I thoroughly loved growing up with that car. And my parents still have it to this day. So they have it down in Arizona. They're enjoying it. Not at Tebrew Club functions and much better place to enjoy it too. Yeah. Now you more opportunities to take it out for that sure. Reminds me, um, I didn't even tell you about this earlier. Is you have a car you brought up from Arizona that we were talking about? It's coming. It's, it's coming. not it's not here, here yet. yet. Okay. So and this is kind of a fun story. This is a 1987 Jeep Wrangler that my granddad owned in Louisiana. And I'm pretty sure he purchased this Jeep right after my grandmother passed away because I feel like she probably wouldn't have approved of him purchasing it while she was alive. (laughs) So this Jeep has a 350 Chevy engine in it. It's definitely a modified kind of a hot rod Jeep. And he bought it that way. So, you know, he didn't do these modifications to it after he bought it. But he purchased this Jeep, sat under the carport for a while, Um, And I remember going down to Louisiana with my parents to visit grandpa. And, um, you know, I went with him to the store a couple times in the Jeep. And, you know, when I was 16, 17, 18, I asked him if I could take it out for a spin. And no hesitation at all. It was, no, you cannot take it out at all. That did not go the way I thought it was going to (laughs) go. Like, absolutely not. So, um So it's kind of funny now that, you know, after Grandpa has passed, he passed when I was in my very early 20s. So just a couple years ago. I was going to say not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Stick with the (laughs) storyline. So my parents then towed the Jeep over from Lake Charles, Louisiana, out to Phoenix, um, where they've always had a place. And it's really just sat in storage ever since. I've been visiting my parents, you know, once or twice a year since then, and I'll take it out for a spin and drive it while I'm visiting, but uh, they don't really drive it much, so it's kind of just sitting around waiting to be used and waiting to be driven, and it's such a fun Jeep. So I am planning to get it trailered up here this summer so that we can enjoy it. It needs a little bit of engine work. Um, Two of the cylinders aren't working properly. Well, luckily it's a 350. So worst case scenario, you put a new engine in it for like three grand. Yeah. So, but we kind of, we definitely need a good mechanic to take a look at it and determine, is it worth fixing or do we just need to get a whole new engine? I think it needs the new, yeah, the Chevy 572. I mean, that sounds like a perfect, what is it like? Five, I was gonna 600? Say, yeah, I was going to say an LT5, you know. Oh, something from a Corvette. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Something <laughs> supercharged. Supercharged. Yeah, something exactly. right out of my Z06 yeah. with a, maybe an eight-speed auto in there. Dan will loan you his. <laughs> oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. It's uh, it, It'll be good to get it up here and, you know, figure out what's going on with it at that point and, and just have some fun with it. It's one of those vehicles that because it's your grandpa's, because there's a story behind it, 
or restoring something like that, it'll never lose its sentimental value to you and you'll always be glad you had it. Exactly. And it's so fun to drive around a Jeep, especially in the hot days with the top off and the doors off if you want. And Yeah. Yeah. Something like that will build up. And it's, they're, they're so useful and fun around here because there's a ton of off-road around here. I mean, even if you don't do the hardcore off-road, it's just fun to just go explore some mountain roads and go to some waterfalls or whatever you want to do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I agree. I told you to stop chasing waterfalls, Dan. You were so, just waiting for that. So did, TLS, <laughs> so did TLC back in 98. Yeah, I did. I was waiting for that. That 90 years, like 92, wasn't it? No, waterfalls. No, it wasn't. Oh, maybe know. it was. I don't know. I no, Scrubs was... was definitely 98. I remember that. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How yeah. would you know? You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Stick with the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and uh, speaking of cars, you're getting a fun con- uh, company car, quote unquote. I guess I should say pretty soon, right? Yes. So one of the amazing perks of working for Haggerty. Uh, last year we had the option to drive back up from Monterey, a 1967 Camaro RS. So we had that up here in the Pacific Northwest for the last like month and a half to two months. I think Amanda's going to be contacting you with that car comes around. It's a cool uh, car. Very cool car. It's so fun. So uh, thankfully, because Portland's pretty close by, I've got a coworker in Portland and then another one that's in that covers South Seattle. So between the three of us, we certainly put it to good use, but we didn't get it until, you know, end of August. So that's kind of a third left of our summer car show season up here. So uh, my coworker uh, that is in Portland was down in Monterey during car week. So he actually volunteered and drove it back up from Portland or I'm sorry, from Monterey. And I'll back up with this car. What a courageous individual. I know. He really took one for the team. Yeah, he did. (laughs) So this is the Camaro that uh, I'll remind all the listeners and you guys. McKeel's daughter uh, drove this vehicle from New York over to Monterey in time for Monterey Car Week. So Haggerty documented a road trip that she took with a couple of girlfriends. And it was all about kind of the younger generation taking a road trip in classic cars. I think I saw that movie. Wasn't it a Britney Spears movie? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But they had a blast. I know the name of that movie, but I don't want to admit it because I'll admit that I... Yeah, exactly. I do too. Absolutely, yeah. So that's how this classic 67 Camaro from the Haggerty Collection ended up in Monterey for auction week. Uh, Is that published? Sorry, I want to ask the story. Yes, I'm sure it was in one of our magazines last year. I'll see if I can find it digitally for the listeners, because that's actually, I haven't read that. That sounds like a cool story. Yeah, or I can look it up and send it to you. That'd be great. Yeah. If you were a listener and have not gotten a hold of the Haggerty magazine ever. Yeah, it's actually worth reading, unlike other publications. It's a great magazine. And and that kind of transitions to something I wanted to talk to you about. We already cut her off once. What? How did I cut her off? No, Are I we did. done talking about the Camaro? No, I want to talk about the Camaro oh, more. I want to talk about Bullet the Mustang. I guess yeah, we, we were done with the Camaro. Okay. Uh, wow. Anyway, we're getting it Jesus, this summer. Jesus, two people just glaring at me. <laughs> Fine. Let's talk about the Camaro. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Why don't we talk about the Camaro some more? <laughs> Good call, Nick. It, it was my idea, though. So let's do Thank that. Thank God he's yeah. a host. I think we were pretty much done. So anyway, the Camaro has been in Scottsdale for the last several months. And so the Camaro is now going to be on a snowbird schedule. So it's going to come up here for the summer months in the Pacific Northwest. And after summer, it's going to head back down to Scottsdale. 
So I will have it up here to take to Exotics at Redmond Town Center. And you'll have it in Scottsdale when we're there. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. There you go. There you go. She's our new Uber. (laughs) So what did you you guys have last time down there? It was a Nissan Altima. We had fun in that car. The one that was we waited 15 minutes for. No, the one you guys had. Because we waited like 15 minutes for it. <laughs> we waited outside your party for it, and it was parked like two spots down, and they That's couldn't get right. to the car. Yeah. I think Valet lost the keys, didn't they? No, they lost the car, and it was, I mean, we could oh, have boy. seen it had there not been like a Bronco parked in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was on our way to dinner with the wankers. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, look, it's our courteous glass refiller, Amanda from Driver's Club. <laughs> <laughs> Literally filling my wine glass light right now. I think that means I need to be more entertaining. She's like, here, drink more. Dance, monkey, dance. No, this is whiskey. Don't you dare put rosé in this. <laughs> or that might be something new to try. No, I've done that before. It's not a good thing. I can make it work. <laughs> With good rosé and good whiskey, do not make good drinks. <laughs> you know, while well, well, you need a refill on whiskey, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free, but remember you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back. See, we include our guests even in the intros into the, when we're coming back. We did it. I'm keeping that one. I'm All right, keep using that every podcast. It's been a long break, full of wine and and whiskey and um, shh. and shh. No, it okay, fine, whiskey and shh. <laughs> Not really sure what shh is, but you know, you think I'd be used to it after the, 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 my sense of humor, how women hushing me, but you never get used to it. No. I want to talk about the bullet Mustang story. <laughs> Let's and do it. Let's I'm controlling back. this right now. Dang it. I'm just picturing every date ending with Shh, stop talking. <laughs> God, I wish there wasn't true. Um, several months ago, I mean, Haggerty publishes their magazine how often? It's now six times a year. So almost twice a, every, every two months, something like that. Yes. Like bi-monthly or something. Yes. Um, it's almost bi-monthly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in, in an episode or in an issue uh, about two months ago, you had this incredible story about the bullet Mustang from the movie Bullet with Steve McQueen, probably one of the most, if you're a car guy or a car girl or a car person, if you don't know the, the bullet Mustang chase between a bullet Mustang, a green bullet Mustang and a black Dodge Charger. And this car, the original car from the movie, had disappeared. Correct. And Haggerty kind of had a big part in, when it was found, bringing it to the, f- the foreground and showing it to the world. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. So it was in our second issue of our magazine this year. So that would have been our March and April issue. But uh, so essentially the son of the father that owned the vehicle in Michigan um, contacted Haggerty for advice. Um, I think he had started to contact a couple people, letting them know that he had the car in his possession. And I think he started to get a little overwhelmed with the amount of um, 
demand for what to do with the car. People yeah. have been Naturally. looking for this car for years. Steve McQueen was looking for this car. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we we gave him some great advice, of course, and uh, you know talked over some scenarios that he was comfortable with with rolling out the vehicle to the public, essentially. So what happened? What ended up happening is uh, the bullet Mustang ended up being on display at the Detroit Auto Show earlier this year. Uh, along with the brand new bullet Mustang that Ford just came out with for this year. So it was a great unveiling. Uh, Haggerty actually had the classic bullet Mustang on display at our headquarters in Traverse City, Michigan for a little while. We have an awesome little drum display building area that's on a corner. So anybody that drives by this corner of the building gets to see what's on display in the drum. But uh, anywho... We got to help and have fun with that story. I'm assuming the son, and 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 this is an interesting story. The father kept the, the the car very silent. He didn't let anybody know. I mean, Steve McQueen had written him handwritten notes, which you can see in the article, to buy the car back, and the dad said no. He kept it quiet. But I'm assuming, and this is one of the, the fun things. I like I said, I'm a Haggerty, I'm a Haggerty user, and they, they, they ensure the Triumph. I'm, sh- I'm assuming the son went on to your wonderful website and found that evaluation tool and realized what that car was probably worth, and that's why they called you. But you guys, and I don't want to get too deep in the Haggerty, but you guys have some wonderful tools that are free to people that I think people should kind of know about. Yeah, we do. Well, thank you, Nick. So, yes, absolutely. We have a great valuation tool on Haggerty.com. Uh, click on the valuation tab. But that information is updated at least quarterly, if not more. So people can definitely go to that valuation tab, check up on current values of their vehicles. And so it's a nice service that we provide essentially to the car community. Yes, to everyone. You don't have to be a Haggerty owner. And it's a wonderful tool. I've done it with the Triumph many times. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's hard to track market value, especially a classic where They tend to, well, any classic, they just tend to go like roller coaster sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, the neat thing that we do is we truly track auction results. Uh, We keep track of private sales. So when customers call into Haggerty and say, I need to add on a vehicle to my policy or start a policy, or I sold a vehicle, let's remove it from the policy. We do gather that information for what they sold it for. And that's passed along to our valuation team to keep track of. Well, and and, and in the car industry, we know there's a lot of false positives, as we'll call it. And one, a very good example, I think, right now is from a free, previous guest of ours is Jason Boriag and, and he, like the 23 window buses. Like there was one that went at auction for ungodly amounts of money yeah. that really pushed the value of everything up else up, which yeah. was great. But Haggerty's really good at, at, at sorting through that and figuring out, you know, I go on there about twice a year, check out the Triumph. Not that I would ever sell it, but it, you know, I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to reach that yeah, point. Where, I'm trying got. to reach that point where it's worth what we've put into it. And, Probably will never happen, but I'm happy with it. Don't even so. think about that. Yeah, I know. I just depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Something else fun I'll let you guys know about really quick too. Haggerty also rolled out an app beginning of this year. It's called Haggerty Insider. So that app not only has valuation information on it, but it also tracks live auction results. So all the major auctions that are happening across the country, as soon as the car rolls off the auction block, we actually update the information on the car for what it did or did not sell for. Oh, that's really interesting. It's like, cool. Like we had a really fun time down talking about the auctions. We were watching, we couldn't believe some of the cars we try and guess ahead of time what it's going to go for, and I can't believe how wrong we are. Because I mean, you know, we eat and breathe this stuff, 
Yeah. And I'm still shocked at like, uh, there was that F-355 six speed we talked about that didn't even go for like 70,000, which is crazy because knowing Ferrari, just Ferrari itself, you know, that's going to skyrocket, but I can't believe how low it was right now. Yeah. And so I, I've been meaning to check back and see how accurate that was because I'm really curious at what those are going to keep going for. So this app could be good for instant betting results. Exactly. Oh, I have it on my phone. Hey, I'll and bet. It, and it and if not, buy me a drink. That I love. <laughs> and you know what's kind of interesting about this app and one of the things I do use is I go on there and it lists all the upcoming auctions. Oh. Yeah. Which, yep. and, and which kind of keeps me in the know of, of when I should be watching for auctions or going online and looking at prices. So it's great. Thank you. Yeah. Good. And I yeah. definitely did not download it right now because I actually didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> I have it on my phone. I was like, hey, wait a minute. I have that. I need one that tracks the value of my kidney so I can get that McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the car kidney app. Yeah. You know, I think that's in development. Yeah, exactly. We'll trade O positive yeah, exactly. kidney for 675 LT spider. Can you imagine those <laughs> those those phone alerts, dear Dan? There's a man in there's a man in you know Zimbabwe that wants to pay this much for your kidney. It's at least a down payment for on a 750. Would you like to sell? Yes. It's like eBay for kidneys. <laughs> I think you guys are onto something. Oh the yeah. The sad part is it would probably work. <laughs> Dan and I can only. It would be see. terrible for society, but it would probably work. I mean, until we went to prison. I mean, if you're willing to sell your kidney for a McLaren, I mean, I keep waiting for somebody to listen to this podcast and like saying, I was like, were you actually serious about that? Cause I'm dying. <laughs> like I got your back, man. Well, it's not like you're going to wake up disoriented in a bathtub full of ice. I, I mean, you're I willingly, you know, that can only you're happen willingly. three or four times in your life. <laughs> Speaking oh, is experience. that just, is that just me? Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. So they keep taking fingernails. It's weird. Now that we've trust the now that we've explored the black market trade of stealing organs, um, <laughs> boy, did we? You know, I was hoping we would cover that in this in this, this year's podcast. This seems like a good transition into oh, something absolutely. else. <laughs> Insure your car. What's it worth in kidney points? Oh gosh. <laughs> Anyway, so let's transition totally away from that. Uh, you're local, which is not a common thing. I know. I am. So I grew up in Bellingham, Washington, and uh, it was a great place to grow up. Went to Western uh, after I graduated. and uh, You grew up in, in Bellingham, and then you went to Western? I did. That's insane. I, I stuck mean, around and went to college up there. I know. County. I was born in Pullman, but they were... Well, Pullman wouldn't take me back. Um, that's a different story. <laughs> Western's a wonderful school. We have, I mean, we have a, a previous guest, uh, Kevin Beach, uh, lives up there, and, and and I think he he actually part of his business is yeah, student, student housing helping. and things like that for Western. Yeah. What yeah. was your degree in? Marketing. Oh well, it actually paid off. I'm then. using it. I know. <laughs> that's so rare for people. It is rare. Yeah. I, that, that's, it's funny. Dan and I have said this before. Like, yeah, I feel like so many people go to college and they get a degree and then nobody uses it. So it's nice to see somebody that goes, I have a marketing degree. And guess what I did? You went into marketing? Yay! <laughs> I know. And I feel that that's rare these days. It is. So. Well, so many, so many places out there, it's like, did you go to college? Yeah. Okay, you proved that you can do something. Here's a job. Yeah. 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 But so, I feel even more accomplished. You yeah, know? exactly. As you should. <laughs> yeah. You really should. It was like, hey, I paid for this and it paid off. I'm using it. Yeah. Uh, speaking sure. speaking of for our local listeners or anybody who's coming to this area, Chuckanut Drive. If you're a Bellingham person, oh, yeah. Chuckanut Drive is the drive. It's uh, often overcrowded. So I tell everybody to go like, if you can get away during the middle of the week at like 10 a.m., you will be in heaven on a sunny day. 
gorgeous drive. You've got the what's the the oyster bar? Yes. On the way up there. Great uh, restaurant. And then you go into fresh oysters. Yep. Then you drop Damn, into. I have my own schedule. And I've never. That's. How have I never done that? <laughs> then you go up to Fairhaven and you drop down into what's the park there with the huge marina, the pier. Um, Fairhaven Marina in Fairhaven. Yeah, in Fairhaven, and they got Woods Coffee in the park. It's the best. It like okay. Oh. I well, it Woods like, Coffee's now all over. Washington I know there's one in Bellevue Square, but the yeah. good they have one two in Bellevue Square, and I, I actually go there. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Coffee. Woods is great. Yeah, they started yeah. in Bellingham, local company. But uh, I tell everybody when they drive up there, go down to that one because it has it's the best coffee date place you can possibly do because yeah. they have a view of the entire bay, Bellingham mm-hmm. Bay, right there. And if you want a great date night restaurant in Fairhaven, the Chris- Black Cat oh, okay. has been there a very long time in an old historic building and get a window seat because you can have a view of the bay and the pier and all that good stuff. Oh, and then you should probably check for the sunset times before you go. Yes. But the Black Cat I'm just setting cool, you all up as my No, the things you cool think restaurant. of blow my mind because like, it's so simple, but I'm like, duh. I had a weird odd job as a dating coach. That's a whole other podcast. I am so podcast. glad that you are my business partner. At least one of us is thinking above the curve or so, ahead of the curve. Or- uh, it's called the um, the North End Tour on Dance Drives, and that'll take you up Chuck and Nut as part of my drive for that, which makes a great date night if you and it even list Woods Coffee Company and the park to go there. Cool. So you can go up there, and right next to that, if you're not planning on dinner, is the Chrysalis Lodge and Spa. Yes. Yeah, and they have a great outdoor deck for dining. Uh, you'll probably need reservations on a Sunday day. The place packs up quickly, but they're super helpful. And yeah, Bellingham's awesome. Just saying. like You can find that on Dan's drives. We tried Nick's drives, but it didn't arrive, so nobody went there. <laughs> anyway, so what? how did you move? How did you make the transition from Bellevue down here? Because you're in West Seattle now or Seattle area. Or, making the, or you could make the transition from Bellingham down here. Whatever. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so from when I graduated Western, moved down to Kirkland, actually. I was an East Sider for a while. So lived in Kirkland for a few years, Kirkland and Redmond. I lived in 6001 at one point, which was all the rage when it first came out, I've been told. Are you guys familiar with 6001? I've heard of that before. Where yeah, why was do I that? Know, why do I know this? So, yeah. it, oh gosh, I think it was built in the early or late 60s. And it became popular because there is a small clubhouse and bar on site. And I think this was kind of the first apartment, townhouse, condo complex that had a bar on site. That matters. It matters. Because you can just stumble home. I know. Yeah. So that was fun. It's 140th, right? In Redmond? Yes. It's yeah. right across from Bellevue Golf Course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know where that's at. That's exactly yeah. what the map on Google Maps just told me after I looked it up. What's the, what's the bar there? Because it's not Palmer. Google didn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so 6001 is the last place I lived on the east side before I made the move over to Seattle. So bought a house with a fiance in Green Lake at the time. And that was in, oh my gosh, 2012. I have and been I'm, in 6001. Okay, absolutely, because it's on the it's on those ponds there on 140th uh-huh. and Old Redmond, Old Redmond. Yeah. Yep. You you know it. It's it's oh, it's, it's the place. It's guarded. Like it's a gated community. Spikes. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, but I thought you could. Own, did you own a condo there? Yes. So okay. my parents. That's my what parents it was I, because I had friends that lived there and they owned a condo there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So fancy. So bought a townhouse. I know. So thank you, mom and dad. But Again, uh, <laughs> they were built in the 60s and they look like, some of them look like it. But yeah. 
Some of them do. We found a good one though. It was, it had been updated. It was, it was a fun place to live. So the nice thing is, is if you don't remodel, you just wait for it to come back in fashion. Uh, totally. My friends didn't remodel, and, and unfortunately, they waited for the people below them to catch on fire, and then they had to remodel. Oh. <laughs> oh, and when I lived there, a couple of the units caught on fire. Crazy. <laughs> it's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing mm. how the wiring from the 60s didn't quite last. <laughs> or is it insurance fraud? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. I'm not in the insurance industry. Oh, wait, yes, I am. I don't know. <laughs> so now live in Green Lake, which is an amazing neighborhood. Very happy to live there. It's like the only part of Seattle I like. Good job. I know. But get ready to gasp. So when we bought the house, this was, I thought, going to be a deal breaker for me. But this house had everything that we wanted at the time. But the house does not have a garage. Not uncommon for Green Lake. I mean, that's painful for me to hear. Like, I know. I wouldn't do it. But uh, I'm going to say that was probably a very smart investment, to say the least. I mean, we're kind of living on a little gold mine right now. Yeah. With the real estate how it is in Seattle right now. So thankful, very, very grateful and thankful that we bought when we yeah. did. And you do live in a and great love the neighborhood. Yeah. So we do have a parking space behind our house off the alley that's designated, which is pretty safe and secure. But otherwise it's street parking. And thankfully we live right across the street from a church, so church parking visit. lot during the week, except on Sundays. Dan. So it does work God out. God will provide. Oh. But no garage. <laughs> Which is kind of a bummer. When I used to drive around with my mother. We you would, still drive around with your mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, help me find a parking space. <laughs> <laughs> That's Catholicism for you right there. I can there. hear your mom saying that. I, I know, like I know. She, you know, the funny thing is she's going to look at, listen to this and go, I've never said that. Okay, well then I did. Whatever. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And yes, you need, you need that good karma. Driving right? around, trying to find parking in Seattle. I need any karma yeah. I can get. <laughs> I'd take a Fisker karma. I love, I love, 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 love Green Lake. It's always been one of my favorite places. Um, that Starbucks there with the upstairs, and then, and then uh, Shelter is right near there. Shelter. I, and I know you're going through a transition right now because uh, Green Lake Bar and Grill just turned into the Lunchbox Laboratory. I know. We talked about that earlier. It's sad. Well, it's sad, but I mean, Lunchbox I Laboratory actually just moved into Redmond Town Center, and they're doing brunch. No, they make good yeah. food. I just, well, it's fabulous yeah. food, but yeah, yeah, but they own that. But um, I always loved the East Lake Bar and Grill, and then the um, what was the one? Oh, West Lake Bar and Grill on on Lake Union. So it's the place. same owner. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. We found out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah, same owner. Don't they have a car show? Green? What's the Green Lake car show that's there? It's the Greenwood. Greenwood. Car that's show. what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Avenue. Oh, that's. Have you been that's there? A, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it's a God. great yeah, show. Yeah, that's a great show. So five yeah. minutes from my house, which is great because being a vendor, I have to be there at five thirty a.m. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Man, like, like we said earlier, you have your hand in everything. I do. I've been working that show almost every year for the last eight years. It's, it is a great show. They shut down two miles of Greenwood Avenue for this event. So for cars, for vendors. As far as a car show and an athletic facility, it's the best thing you can do. I went. I actually <laughs> went for the first time last year. I had never been able to make it before. Really? And my father and I went. And boy, you get your steps in. She's not kidding. It's two miles on that road. Yeah. They shut everything down, and there's food, and vendors, and it is. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. It is so much. Fun. I mean. Yeah. I. It's. It's fun because like you go to. I mean, and, and I'm not dissing anything, you know. But you go to uh, car shows like you know, good guys and things like that, and you're at a at a fairground, and it, it's fun. But you know, Green Lake. 
not only do you have the vendors, but then you have all these little eclectic food joints and things like that that are on Greenwood Avenue all the time that are open up in the balconies and you can sit there. And, and Greenwood does a really good job. The Greenwood Car Show does a really good job of like mixing the cars up. So it's, it's not like you're not seeing 57, 57 Chevys. It's like, I mean, I, was, I took a photo and I, I've got to find it, hopefully. It's got like a 57 Chevy. It's a Triumph. And then there's like a, a, a modern Ford GT. And then there, it, it was just like, <laughs> it was like, it was whoever drove in the gate, you park next to him. And it was a really cool idea. It's so. a really good variety. You're absolutely right. And it's a wonderful community show that's been going on for, oh my gosh, almost 30 years. I want to say 27 years or so, but all of the restaurants and shops are, of course, opened up along Greenwood Avenue, and I think that they really look forward to that Saturday of the car show. It's an awesome event. Yeah, the community car shows are, we were talking about this a little bit uh, during our break, just off the air, about how fun it is to have uh, all this, the the collective mix of the people in the car shows. I tell everybody, I go to car shows for the people. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's fun to go and look at exotic cars. I love seeing something new roll in. Like uh, the opening day of exotics was last weekend, which is, and I had to do, I was, I shouldn't say had, I was very fortunate to do a drive for LeMay. Nick got unfortunately stuck at uh, exotics at Redmond. Not unfortunately, but I mean, a lot of work. Uh, people don't know it. And uh, Roy Katz pulled in in a Saline S7. Yes. Twin turbo. One of 250, I think, or 225. Yeah, there's not many shows around the world where a Saline F7 S7 sits in front of two, well, a LaFerrari Aperta and a regular LaFerrari. Yeah. It's very limited production. Yeah. You're right. And I chatted with Roy at the event for a little while. I've known, of course, known Roy for years. There we go, Roy. And uh, yes. And so the car came from Hawaii. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. So very low mileage, which is great. But Roy knew... That's because you can't drive it that many places in Hawaii. It's true. That's what I said <laughs> yeah. to Roy. I said, well, you can't really drive far when you're on an, an island. Yeah. But uh, he kept in touch with the owner for the last couple years, at least, and just checked in to see, you know, hey, whenever you're interested in selling. So I guess the time was right, and he, he well, jumped on it. Not only that, they, I mean, Roy bought that car, and it shipped back to Celine, and then Celine went through it and re did it a little bit but yeah john zubrick was on our podcast last week uh who works for roy yeah he's yeah. a salesman at cats exotics and uh oh yeah. i met john at the yeah. event yeah i'm sure you, yeah he has that gorgeous e30 m3 um uh john was saying roy is actually keeping it in the showroom for quite a while uh, i know this will become irrelevant when our podcast gets older but if you do guys want to go see a saline s7 nine to six cats exotics in linwood stop by check it out be nice don't touch anything uh not that we have to worry about it with our listeners. but The so. first time I ever see, saw a Selena 7 was when they first came out. And a gen- I lived in Spokane. And somebody, a really, really old guy, and I, and I cannot emphasize that enough, bought a brand new one inspected in Coeur d'Alene. And wow. I don't think it ever moved out of his garage. But you could walk by. He was on the water. And you could walk by. And he would open the garage during the day. And you could see it. But that was it. I don't. I don't even know if it ever moved or if he started it. But like, we're talking someone who, I mean, like Roy was laughing about it. I go, Roy, how do you like the car? And he goes, I love it. And I go, Roy, how hard is it to get in? And he goes, It's a task. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a guy who has owned every Lamborghini, McLaren. I mean, yeah, he knows how to get over a door sill. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So, uh, well, Nick was uh, at Exotics doing his thing. I was at uh, with Lemay with Kristen doing uh, drive. We did a, a drive. It's called. Um, 
fun up North 101 on Dan's drives, but we took this drive and it was funny. Most of them are your customers, literally. I had everything from a 2018 NSX that had come out of the off the showroom floor the Monday before to a 1929 Model A on this drive. Oh, cool. And we had, and the oldest person there, the oldest gentleman and his wife drove a 1991 Acura NSX and they were in their late 80s. <laughs> and it was so funny to see like this, we had a Fiat six, uh, 600, I think it was. It's just this random collection of cars for their club auto members. All of a sudden, you know, our little Haggerty badge on the window from LeMay, America's Car Museum. But mm-hmm. it was so funny talking to this eclectic mix of people. We'll get you. There's another one coming in fall. I'm sure you'll be on it. I'd I was love actually to supposed, be. I, I was actually supposed to go on that drive with Dan. and Yeah, your dad un- did. And my father took our Maserati and went and had the best time ever. And my dad, and I have to say this is a big health food geek, I mean, but... Uh, the ice cream shop <laughs> he loved. <laughs> so I so that's what it was. It was it was something special for me to hear. So, do you, have you explored Hood Canal around the west side of Hood Canal? I okay. have. So it was so funny to me. Almost nobody had driven up the west side before. So we went from LeMay and Tacoma to the Alderbrook Resort and Spa, mm-hmm. which most people had been to. And then I went all the way up the west side to Fort Flaggerty, or Flaggerty. Um, and then uh, we went to uh, what's the name of that place? I don't know Dan's drives. What's the name of that place? <laughs> <laughs> the Inn at Port Again, Ludlow. Again, I wasn't there. Oh, the Inn at Port I Ludlow. I stayed there. See? That's a great inn. And we went to the Fireside, which they were fantastic. I called ahead and got a reservation for 22. We had yeah. two waiters, two assistant waiters, who basically just made sure everybody's drinks were filled. They weren't drinking. We just had like water and egg cup, whatever. Anyway, fantastic drive, but it surprises me. Almost everybody on that drive was practically local, and they hadn't been there. If you haven't been there and you're local... Oh man, you go, go check it out. I'm not trying to plug my own website, but it was really fun to see like people just enjoy that place so much, and they were so accommodating. I've got to give them a shout out. Well, it's that being beautiful. that being said, um, Rain City Supercars will be doing that drive later this summer. Um, we don't know when yet, but we're going to be doing it, and we'll be t- we'll be yeah, uh, I'll put it on invite. invite. Yeah, yeah. So we'd love to have you along for that. Do it. In Thank your Camaro you. RS. <clears throat> I know I could bring the Camaro. And Port Townsend is such a neat little town that may be a great lunch spot. FYI. Yeah. Uh, but then also out to Lake Quinault Lodge. That's a wonderful place. I know we mentioned that earlier. Um, but touring and going on a little walk through the Ho Rainforest, it's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful in there. I've done some awesome tours and rallies over the last several years. Last year comes to mind, I I feel very thankful to be able to have done this, but I did the first couple of days of the Pebble Beach Motoring Classic Tour. And I got to be the passenger in a 1932 Delage that was over here from Australia. Wow. Yeah. So the owner of the vehicle, his son was joining him on the tour, but his son couldn't join him until the third day. So I saw that car. Shucks. Incredible. I guess they need to be the navigator you for know, the first nice couple of days. You step up and do that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it was. Are you, are you going back to Monterey this year? Speaking of I that? am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, well, I hope to be. I plan to be. Okay, good. Yes, please, events hey, team. How have we never met up in Monterey? That's a good I question. I don't know. That is a good question. That actually. is weird. We, we, I will, think we will rectify that this year. We but, um, will. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I would love to go to Concorso. Oh, you will be our special year. guest. If Thank you want to come you. to Concorso, you can come to Concorso. Uh, I've already you're, secured you're welcome, a, to, you're welcome to drive down to us with us on the Seamont Rally if you'd like to. So Now, what is the route? What do you guys do with that? Okay, so... Uh, well, that's... A, Thank you for that transition that actually was not planned. Tell me more. 
So <laughs> the last year, last year was the first year we ran this. And very unofficially, we just made a private invite to people we knew we could trust. As, as road rallies go, as you may have heard in a previous episode, they can get a little crazy. That is not really what we're shooting for. We're not the guys with stickers all over our cars getting tickets everywhere we go and needing a lawyer to ride with us. That's yeah, the fun, worst thing we did last year was almost eat a, like a Chevron gas gas station egg. But other than that, we, yeah. you know, that's about as wild as we got. So this is not the Gold Rush Rally. No, nothing like that. We, <laughs> nothing against the Gold Rush Rally. I mean, the, well, the, boys, sure. uh, the boys and girls at... Uh, at uh, luxury for play and and uh, yeah fun stuff but yeah. this is this is more of a cruise we want people to just go enjoy the sights on the way down sure we did down we went down the standard route down 101 and enjoyed the highways down there and stuff like that this year uh and i am pre-driving this for another event we're doing with concorso at the end of june uh we're going to go inland we're going to go to bend oregon for the evening and then we're going to drop down uh crater lake and then there's mm-hmm. a little ranch i've found between bend and tahoe that i'm hoping we're going to stop at for an evening then we're going to drop into tahoe and then tahoe to yosemite and then yosemite into monterey oh so, awesome all scenic and i've driven this route in different forms probably seven or eight times now uh but uh it's all about good photo ops good places to go taking your time and just enjoying the roads that people don't normally go on yeah i've kind of back pocketed so, so a good a good chunk of that that you just talked about is a portion of what the Pebble Beach Motoring Classic route is. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll cross paths. I know. We, we passed the depending on when you're going through. We passed yeah. the Lemons Rally on our last drive down. Yeah, I have a sticker. Of, outside of Mendocino, California, they were oh. going up this wonderful road that is just God's gift to the automotive community. But Leggett Road is what it's called. Leggett Road. People it's who know people who know 101 knows that and it road. goes to Highway 1 and then that drops you into Mendocino, which is incredible, but Have this, you guys attended the Concord de Lemons in Monterey? I know of it. I've never attended it. You know, actually, I had not known about it for a long time because, when, you know, when Dan and I are down there for Concorso, we're so busy with other things and yeah. we're getting better at freeing up our time and things like that. Um, uh, last year, we had a wonderful time of sitting down in Carmel and basically uh, watching the cars come in before they go to Pebble. And, oh, and we're yeah. going to be better about that. And actually, that's something you should look for. If you're a Rain City Supercars fan and you are down in Monterey on Thir- uh, in Carmel on was it Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday come, is the tour to Elegance. The tour, yeah. Come find us because uh, oh, yeah, we'll be down a, there's, a, Shoot us there's a, message. a high chance that we will be there near the Rod- Robert Graham store giving out tickets to Concorso. Yeah. And yes. by a high chance, that means we'll have tickets. <laughs> yeah. But um, in this year's rally, we really, we're, we're looking for new participants. And if you would like to uh, send us an email, um, we're, we're looking for spots. So we have a few, only a few spots available. Yeah. Great. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This quick break brought to you by Whiskey and Rosé because it goes through you quicker than you think. And we're back. So quick question. I've got a 2016 Z06, but do I come to you guys for insurance? I'm just curious if I can save money over my crappy Geico insurance. No offense, Geico, if you ever sponsor us. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm glad that you... No, 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 no. You only insure us vintage collectors. Oh, no, no. Oh, Next, not special. oh no, no. Uh-huh. Oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Two snaps and a twist. So I'm glad you brought this up because I think this is a common misconception with Haggerty that we only insure classic cars when, in fact, Haggerty does insure a large variety of newer collector cars. So specifically 1980 and newer, we can insure cars all the way up to 2019 
like the Bentley launch party that we went to today. We would ensure that newer Bentley. Could you today. find a way for us to pay for that too? No. I mean, that's on you. <laughs> Can Haggerty so... loan me, hypothetically, two hundred forty thousand dollars? Base price. Starting. I mean, there are collector car finance companies out there that you could look, look into. That. Look yes. At that. So, Thank God, I've had this, my eye on this mind. gorgeous two thousand sixteen Corolla. It's got a manual. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> if you buy a Corolla, this business partnership is over. Our friendship is still strong, but the business partnership is over. That's more credit. I would disown you for buying a Corolla. <laughs> but to answer your question, Dan, we would insure your 2016 Corvette. We would also insure your Maserati, Nicholas. So, Ooh, that was a very pointed stare. Something we can add it to your policy we, with your about it. your 59 Triumph. Actually, she brought it up, and I forgot to follow up. <laughs> But Haggerty has definitely expanded on our guidelines over the last couple of years on newer collector cars that we can bring on. So keep us in mind for all years of Corvettes, all years of Mustangs, all the new Chargers, Challengers, Camaros, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, Ferraris. It costs yada, yada, more yada. if you're a Mustang owner, though, because there's more chance of it jumping the curb. <laughs> You know, in the area, we insure a lot of newer Porsches, newer BMWs. I know, shocking, isn't it? The newer Alfa Romeos. So I'm just saying, as long as it's not your daily or regular use vehicle, we do want to see that you have a designated daily driver for every driver in your household, and then we insure the collector cars after that. Your underwriters would be scratching their heads at me. They're like, he has how many miles on a Z06 and it's not as daily? It's like, well, I put 5,000 on at a time. So. But you have, what, two other vehicles yeah, for regular use? Yeah, I have my use? cruiser, my 99 yeah. cruiser, my S4. But it's funny because I I was talking to something about this the other day where I think I put an average of about thirty-five to 40,000 miles distributed between my cars every year. Okay. So I'm that extreme end of insurance. But you're enjoying the hobby. You're using your car. You're probably taking it on day trips for the LeMay Museum for tours and Hashtag things like Dan's that. com. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, a, that's appropriate usage, absolutely, that we want to see yeah, okay. for these newer collector cars. I did not know that. I, re- I, I think you have mentioned that you do other stuff before, but I've never looked into it before. So I yeah. guess I'm going down that rabbit hole now. Um, <laughs> so besides, I mean, I know you get your company car. I think it's a, um, what is it? A Ford Explorer? It is a Ford Explorer. There's nothing wrong with the new ones. The new ones are awesome, actually. It There's is. There's a reason the State Patrol went with them. They're great cars. As long as you keep the rubber side down, Ford Explorers are great. But that's the old ones. The new ones are great. It's true. Um, if you were going to buy someone, what are you going to buy? I'm really curious. What You've been around everything. Like she's, she's around oh. more cars than Nick and I are. Really. By a long shot, like if you've you've been in a lot of cars, you've driven a lot of cars. What is there anything that's like? I mean, even if it's not the one you would buy, is there anything that's just jumped out at you? Okay, are we talking realistic? What I could realistically afford to buy, or dream got, car? No, that's why Dan and I talked about buying that Corolla. Yeah, realistically, that's what we can afford right now. <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I'm curious though. Oh, I love, 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 love. Uh, the classic 50s Gullwing Mercedes. Oh, that's a great choice. So. And starting at such a low price point. And that's and that's my realistic car. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well played, my dear. So well played. So you're going to need to sell both kidneys. <laughs> Sadly, it's not. I'd have to sell a lot of organs to get that car. Um, I do love that. Love that car. Yeah, it's a... 
one of the most timelessly beautiful cars I've ever seen. Yeah. The 300 SL Goldwing is the epitome of perfection of classic car. I mean, it's, and I'm, you're definitely not alone in that opinion. Man, that's a, yeah. I'll post some pictures up. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen one, but it never gets, I never get sick of seeing that car. I know. Every time I see one, and it's very rare, I think if LeMay might actually have one on loan from somebody, but I think we've had one at Exotics once. That was just like, blow my mind i didn't ex- never expect it's a car you never expect to see on the road it's mm-hmm. so priceless at this point it is they're beautiful have you seen the convertible version of that car yeah but i understand the- losing the gullwing doors it's still a beautiful car the body style is perfection but losing the oh, gullwing the horse- doors and with, with the tiltable steering wheel so you can actually get in the car and the matching logic macking Wow, the whiskey has kicked in. The matching matching luggage. luggage. That's not what I was going to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The storage devices that store your clothes while you're traveling. Uh, (laughs) Gotta have all the accessories. Yeah. Definitely. Of course. No, I mean, that is such an iconic car. I mean. Yep. That's a great choice. I was curious. Good answer. Thanks. Classic Mercedes are really... Yeah. I gravitate yeah, towards. Yeah, on that moment, we're a BMW podcast, so we're going to... Cl- no. <laughs> <laughs> Nick got a little jealous. Sorry. He does that. I know. Uh, speaking of free plug, we're doing the... Uh, I, this weekend, we're going to the uh, Heroes of Bavaria event at LeMay. Uh, this will air the Friday before. You guys got to come check it out. I know you can't be there. You're out of town. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Well, Rain City Supercars will be there, and it is going to be the racing history of... BMW. I and got it is incredible. I snuck in a little preview of that exhibit, all under undercover. It's their cars aren't were on display for me, but uh, I know the cars well enough to know what I see under the covers. And that is an event that you guys are gonna be sad if you missed out on. If you're even remotely a DTM fan, this is gonna be your heaven. You know, so. I have to brag for one moment. I get to attend a friend's wedding that uh, they're getting married on, I think it's the second Saturday of June. And this is the display that's going to be around their wedding reception on the main floor at the museum. Sorry, they're getting married at LeMay? Yeah. Dan. The museum can, does we, weddings there. You and there. I can finally be married. You don't need my health insurance that bad. <laughs> but you probably do. But You couple... work for Microsoft. We all need your health insurance <laughs> that bad. But the couple whose wedding we're going to, they are just thrilled that this is going to be the display around their wedding reception yeah, at the don't museum. Blame them. These cars yeah. are jaw-dropping to say the least. Yeah. So, yeah, they always do a good job. Like that doesn't add to my list of trying to find a, a, a future wife. Uh, are you willing to be married at a automotive museum? <laughs> I know. That sounds like a perfectly reasonable request. I know. <laughs> I think so. This is why we're meant to be. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's a great way to close. And on that note. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I know that you were wondering, after knowing us so well from the Wanker story, what this would be like. We hope you enjoyed yourself. I certainly did. This is exactly how I pictured it going, which is a good thing. So I had a great time. Well, I wasn't concerned with what you thought of it. I had a good time, so whatever. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Wow. It's <laughs> just looking at me like, did you just say that? Aww. I'm just kidding. We had a great time with you. I really appreciate being here. This is fun. Thank you for having me. So, uh, I'm Dan. I'm Nick. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. I know it screwed with me too. I got to say it. Dan didn't. <laughs>